Hello and welcome back to the Fins Nation UK podcast, the third edition of our first series of Dolphins Base podcast. I'm your host Andy and I'm for this week joined by a fellow Andy. I'm joined by fellow Fins Nation UK member Andy Dimmock. How are you Andy? I'm good Andy, how's yourself? Yeah, not bad. We had a few issues before with Zoom, um, but it's good to finally get the recording underway and the sound has finally got working. So that is a um, a good start. <laughs> Absolutely, yeah. Well, we'll we'll make the best of it. I'm sure we'll crack on. We're here now, so let's do it. Exactly. And this episode today is all about the all-time Maui Dolphins team. So what we've done, we've compiled each of us, our own team, our own offense, our own defense of the best Dolphins players we've seen in our lifetime or of all time. So, for example, Andy has gone for players he's seen since he started following the team in 1982, whereas I'm a bit of a younger fan. I only really started following games in 2015, so I've gone for more of a all-time-based team, a bit more of a stat-based team. I researched it a lot based on stats. So apologies if you are not a fan of a stat-based podcast, if you're listening, but mine will be a lot of players based on what I've researched. And there's only two players i got on my list actually I've seen play all the rest were before my time. So, um, yeah, looking forward to doing it. Before we do do that, as your first time on the podcast, Andy, I'm going to ask you, what made you a Mammy Dolphins fan? Um, like a lot of guys my age who came into football, mostly through Channel 4, it's Dan Marino. Um, the highlights were on every week on a Sunday. And it was, as soon as he saw it, they started showing the Dolphins games with, with Dan playing. It was pretty clear he was a special player. And uh, they were an exciting team to watch. Uh, I know a lot of uh, fans in the UK took the Redskins on board when they were the first on the on Channel 4, the Joe Theismann, John Riggins team, which were a good team to watch, panning it out. But uh, I've always been a fan of the forward pass and the, the excitement that that brings. So uh, Dan Marino and the Marx Brothers, that's my era. That's what got me into it. Well, it'll come as no shock. There'll be more from Dan Marino later on in this time. But first of all, we're going to do defence. So first of all, so formation-wise, for both offense and defense, we're sort of allowing our own solves. We can choose our own formation. So, for example, I've gone for a three-wide receiver and one running back formation, whereas you told me you've gone for two running back, two wide receiver formation. And then defense, you can either do a three-four formation, a four-three formation. It's entirely up to each of us. So, first of all, uh, over to you, Andy. We'll let you go first on this one. Who's your first player on your defense? Okay, I'm gonna start with my defense line. I've gone four-three. Um, I started my, my defensive line and uh, defensive end. Uh, this is a, a pick for most Miami Dolphins fans, I would have thought. Uh, Jason Tyler. Yeah, I, I, I've i gone for the exact same. I mean, I was, again, way before my time, I know I, I knew all about him and he's sort of a player I'm well, well aware of. Um, and look, he's obviously Hall of Famer, uh, 139.5 career sacks. Um, most of them, 131 of those came with Miami. Um, the fourth most individual tackles in Dolphins history. Uh, and he is, I think, most people would, would agree, he's probably the second best player in Dolphins history behind the certs and Dan Marina. So I think he is one of the dead certs. I think he was probably one that everyone was expecting before the podcast started. And I think he is a dead cert. Um, so for me, on my other side, I've gone for a 3 4 formation. So I've gone for two defensive ends, one nose tackle, and then th- um, four linebackers. So my other defensive end, which I, may be yours as well, um, a player I've actually seen in my lifetime, uh, Cam Wake. Um, he has the second most career sacks 
um, in Dolphins history, um, and all but two, two, all but two or five of his sacks came in Miami. So he's a one-man, pretty much a one-team man, with the exception of that one year in Tennessee. Um, and yeah, he had 30, 364 combined tackles in his career. He was an absolute force on the defensive line, and he was a great player for the team. And I think it was um, for me, it was sad when he when he left. But you know, age does catch up with you eventually. So Cam Wake is my other defensive end. Same sentiment as you. Andy, is he also in your team? Yeah, definitely. I've got to get him in. Maybe he could have gone in as linebacker as well, because obviously he played linebacker for the Dolphins first, but was just as effective, probably more effective as a defensive end, as a pass rusher. Devastating pass rusher, sacker, against the opposition quarterback. Um, brilliant. So, uh, yeah, uh, I got him in. Just basically because, one, I wanted him in, and two, because I had uh, the option then to bring in the three linebackers that I really, really wanted as well. So it uh, worked out well for me. Yeah, I, I originally had a um, originally had a 4-3 uh, um, formation, but then I, um, literally one player came to mind and I realised, oh, wait a sec, I can move this one player. So for me, my honourable mention when it comes to the defensive line is Manny Fernandez. He just misses out to a certain other nose tackle. I mean, a guy that I liked a lot. Um, but for you, Andy, who is your nose tackle in your 3-4 uh, formation? Well, I've got four three, so I've got two two defensive tackles, and I'll, I'll I'll mention them both. The the one is one of my very few current players that, that I've got in my my Dolphins up, you know, nineteen eighty three to present day team, uh, and that's Christian Wilkins. Uh, the the guy's just a machine. Um, he, he watches the games. He's all over the field. He's he's pursuing all the time. He, he penetrates. He gets to the opposition quarterback. He stops the run. He, he drops back into pass coverage. He chases down runners. He chases down receivers. He's an inspirational player. He's a leader. He's exactly what you need. Um, my favourite player on the Dolphin squad probably at the moment. Yeah, I think he's a really good player. Um, I mean, I'm having to rethink my favourite player. My one has just left, but um, I do think he's one of my favourites because I think not only is he a player that is really dominant on the field. I think personality-wise, he's really likeable and he's a really guy you can really um, set up, got on board with. Um, so I think he's not on my team purely for time span. Um, hasn't been there long enough yet, but I do think fast forward 10 years' time, I think potentially he, he could be in a lot of Dolphins fans' lists. Um, so yeah, who is your other defensive line player? Well, this, this is some people I'll say who... Um... But uh, certainly somebody I think is deserving of a selection into the, the team I've got, and that's Tim Bowens. Uh, played for the Finns for a few years. Um, was always solid player. Um, gave his all. Um, and that's that's what it's about, really. I mean, I've, I've been lucky enough to, in my past, coach teams, and I always look for players that give 100% effort, and he was one of those, and I would have been happy to have a player like that in, in a team that I coached. And watching him for the Dolphins was always, it was always good fun. And, uh, you know, he added, added to the defences he, he played on and was, was a good player. Yeah, but before my time, but from what you told me, it sounds like he's a great servant for the team. Uh, I mentioned Manny Flanders, my honourable mention. Um, two Super Bowls, 35 career sacks, 11th most in Dolphins history. But the one I put instead of him has the ninth most in history. Five Pro Bowls to his name, 39.5 sacks. I've gone for, and I, apologies if I pronounce his name completely wrong, I've gone for a Bob Bornhauer. Um Bob Bamhauer, yeah, one of the killer bees defense. Yeah, yeah, he was in he was in contention for my team as well, but uh, didn't quite make it. But uh, yeah, he was great player. Yeah, 
yeah, I've, well, I did a bit of reading up on him and it sounds like his career was excellent. And I think after seeing that, I couldn't really not put him in my team. Speaking of which, heading on to the linebacker position, there's only one place you can start is this year's, one of this year's Hall of Fame inductees, Zach Thomas. And I can only assume he's in your team as well. Yeah, I've got three linebackers, so uh, competition's fierce. But uh, he's there right in the middle, inside linebacker, uh, defensive leader. Uh, the guy, his career speaks for himself. I mean, lots of coaches and players have been pushing for him to get in for, for a number of years. It's long overdue. Now he's finally in. And it's uh, it's well-deserved. I mean, a, a fantastic player, a great servant to the Dolphins, great role model, great leader, great, just all out. Brilliant player, great person by all accounts as well. So, yeah, he was he was a no-brainer. He was straight in. Yeah, absolutely. And I think he was one of the... We mentioned Jason Taylor on defence. I think he was the other, other really um, dead set in this defence. I think he is someone that, you know, seven Pro Bowl selections, 734 combined tackles, most in Dolphins history. And, of course, I mentioned just any Hall of Famer. So, he had to be in the team somewhere. And he is, you know, one of the best players in whole franchise history. Um, so my second linebacker, um, now, for anyone who went to fan club weekend, we went to a place called Bo Campers. And I didn't realise until today, that's why it's called Bo Campers. I've gone for a Kim Bo Camper as my uh, second choice of linebackers. From what I've read up on him, only one pro bowler, sadly, but at the same time, the stats he has in his team and I thought I thought he has to be in here somewhere, and of course he's been a great um, member of the of the Mammy community. What he's done off the field as well, uh, fantastic. So for me, yeah, Kimbo Camper is my second choice of linebacker. Who is your second choice of linebacker, Andy? Um, it might be a strange one for some people. Um, I thought long and hard about my linebackers and about my team in general. And while I've gone for players who I think were really good and were, were great servants for the Dolphins and good players. You know, I've, I've also given some players who might not have been the Dolphins too long or might not have played their best years at the Dolphins a chance as well, just based on their career. And this is a this is a classic example of this. He's a player who played most of his career elsewhere at, at, at the Chargers. And it's Junior Sayo. Um, just a phenomenal player. One of the best linebackers to ever play the game. Uh, and yeah, he was brilliant at the Chargers, came to the Dolphins late in his career, uh, but went into the defence there and, and, and was a leader. Didn't play his best football for the Dolphins, but again, gave, gave, gave an effort. And he's one of my favourite players ever. So I uh, I put him in um, as, as one of my choices. Fantastic. Yeah, I mean, he was a, a brilliant player. And I think, you know, uh, I've gone for a similar method as my player. Almost didn't put him in because his main source of... Um, Sort of productivity came with Pittsburgh, and you know his son could be a dolphin in this in this draft. You never know. Um, Joey Porter, um, a guy who, despite only be, spending most of his career in Pittsburgh, still has the twelfth most sacks in team history for the Dolphins. Six hundred eighty-nine combined tackles in his career, with one hundred fifty-five of those coming if, for Miami. Um, he's a fantastic player. Which, whilst at the same time, he's known as a stealer. I think for what he's done, not only the Dolphin, but for his whole career, I think he has to be in this somewhere. And then my other linebacker, my fourth choice linebacker, is going to be a guy that I actually seen. So there's actually three players, not two players, I've got in here that I've seen that played in my lifetime being a fan. Uh, Rashad Jones um, played most of his career for Dol the Dolphins in the, you know, the 2010s. Um, under 800 combined tackles. 
Um, you know, a fantastic uh, career for the Dolphins. One of the most tackles in Dolphins history, which is what you need for a linebacker. And also, could I've seen him play? I think I've got to have some point some players that I've I've seen uh, in my team. So, um, yeah, that really leads on to my next player, which is cornerback. Another player I've seen in my lifetime, Xavier Howard. Um, whilst I don't really like the fact he's twice asked for a trade, uh, I think you can't deny what he's done on the field. You know, he was the interception leader in 2020. He has the six most interceptions in Dolphins history, uh, four-time pro bowler, 83 passes defended. And I think that you look at the last few years when our defence was, was um, flying in the Brian Flores, he was the, the main catalyst of that. And I think now we've got Jalen Ramsey. I think that'll only help him because now you've got the, the, obviously the fact that that isn't just one elite cornerback you have to defend, it's two. So that might ease a burden on Howard and may allow him to um, get better stats and get. Cause I think he had a down year uh, in 2022, but I think that now he's got another cornerback by his side. They aren't going to constantly target that one side. So I think he may well flourish with Jalen Ramsey alongside him. And I think he's been a great servant, despite what I mentioned just then about twice asking for a trade. I think, yeah, he's been a brilliant servant for the team. And I think that, yeah, I think he's got at least two or three left in him. And I think that he can really rack up the stats even more. Um, so for you, Andy, uh, back to you. So who is your first cornerback? Well, uh, I've got another linebacker yet. Oh, uh, sorry. Um, I think we've gone 4-3. Apologies. Yeah, I have got three. And the third, the third, you, you mentioned Joe Porter, and he was a, a, con, a contender for me. Uh, and there were a number of players in contention, but this one was more a sort of um, a favourite choice rather than a best ever. I think there's, there's the potential for this one to be one of the best Dolphins linebackers ever, and that'll give you a clue to it's a current player. Uh, I thought about Joey Porter. Um, I thought about John Offerdahl, who was a great Dolphins linebacker. Uh, I thought about Brian Cox, who was a real feisty character for the Dolphins' defence, another favourite of mine. But uh, Jalen Phillips mm. is a player that impresses me and intrigues me and just looks more and more impressive every time I see him. And I think this guy is going to be a star next season. I think he's going to get after the quarterback. I think he's going to get decent sack, sack numbers. I think he's going to be um, a real plus on Fangio's defence. I'm looking forward to seeing Fangio's defence because I think we've got the pieces in place now generally and uh, he fits in and I think uh, he will he will flourish on, under Vic Fangio. So we'll uh, we'll wait and see what happens. So so yeah, he's Jalen Phillips is my he's my last linebacker. On to my cornerbacks. I've gone the same as you. I've gone with ex Xavier Howard who who's been amazing for the Dolphins. Uh yes, he's had his times where he's wanted to leave but uh I think he will probably, with Ramsey coming, as you say, and with Fangio coming in, he will buy into this now because the Dolphins are only probably a couple more players away from being Super Bowl contenders. Um, and a lot of these players now will see the chance of getting a ring. Uh, and as such, they will you know, knuckle down, get stuck in, become team players, really give an effort and really push on and try and get that title. And I don't think it's beyond the realms of possibility now. So, so yeah. yeah, definitely got X. I'll, I'll move on to my second one. Um, again, lots of players I could have picked, and there was one I've picked is from a, a well-known pair of cornerbacks who were, were together for a number of seasons. I, I could have gone with Sam Madison, but I've gone for the guy who was his partner for a number of years, and that's Patrick Sertain. Um, was a great player to watch. His son's now in the league. Um, just tremendous, and I think him with, with X would have been, you know, if, if they could have played together, 
that would have been a, a great partnership. Uh, I'm expecting great things of Ramsey coming in as well, obviously, of course. You know, that's a top quality player. But yeah, Patrick Satan, I think I'd be happy with there. So they'd be my two cornerback choices. OK, well, so my other cornerback, I've gone for Sam Madison. Um, that's, yeah, I as I say, that was a coin toss between those two for me. Yeah, um, I think, again, a player before my time, but we all, you know, everything you've heard about, when I, when I obviously first became a fan, I started watching all Dolphins clips and I've watched the football life and other things. I've researched players that way. And I think Sam Madison is the player that I, I, I found out all about and he's a player that I, I you know, when I decided to do this podcast, he's the one player I thought of as a cornerback and he's a guy I wanted to get in this team somewhere. Um, now, finally, that leaves the rest of your defence. That leaves your obviously your safety position. Um, yeah. So, who takes up those spots for you? Safety positions: one one old old time player, one new player. Um, the old time player, one of the Killer B defence, which you've had a couple of players from the Killer Bees in your in your defence. I've gone for Glenn Backwood at safety. Uh, was was a great player in in that defense in, in a very good defense. I mean, the Killer Bees were a tremendous defense, and uh, so so yeah, I wanted to get one of them in, and and Glenn Blackwood is the one I've picked, uh, and to pair with him, as as I alluded to, I've gone for a, another current favorite who is potentially going to be a great, and that's Javon Holland, uh, another player I really enjoy watching. Um, seems to enjoy your game and enjoy football. Uh, gives a hundred percent effort. Super talented. Fits into that in secondary really well. Does a lot of things brilliantly. Uh, seems to have all the tools. Um, and I think he's going to again push off and be a re- push on and be a really good one for us. Yeah, I love that you got it in. I think he's going to be a great. And I think that's again in the second round as well. It's brilliant. And I think that. I love the fact you got Wilkins, Phillips, and and Holland in this. I mean, I personally, I would love to put them in, but I think just for the fact that sample size and the players I've got around them. But at the same time, I think again, you look at these lists like this in ten years' time. I think provided these players stay with the franchise, I think they'll be looked at. Now, I don't know whether they'll be on the same. You know, Wilkins will get onto Jason Taylor's level, whether Phillips will get the same level as Zach Thomas. But I think that certainly they could run them close. I think they've got all the potential in the world. These three players to become franchise greats. Whether they stay, we don't know. We know how the modern day NFL is. We know how much players move and there's players who think they'll stay forever and they don't. Um, but yeah, I think that I really think these guys are going to be the, the linchpin of our defence. We're a big fan, Joe. Of course, Bradley Chubb, who at the moment looks like a waste yeah. of a first one pick. But now with Fangio there, I think he can and get him back to his best one we saw in Denver. And I think that we've got a really good defence there. I think the one question is the offensive line, which we will get onto later on. But, yeah, I think certainly it's, it's exciting times to be a fan. I think it's the best yeah, team I've seen. It is, yeah, fan. absolutely. And and I'm looking at my defence overall. I mean, it's, it's it, there are three current players in there, which I think shows we're going in the right direction. Uh, I've got one of the killer bees in there, which we probably, you know, you could argue for another one or two in there. Um, but uh, there aren't too many players who were there in the Marino era, and that 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 says a lot, really, because obviously, you know, if Dan had had a better defense for the whole of his career, and and certainly a, a few more weapons on offense apart from the Marks brothers, then you know things could have been different. But uh, yeah, there's the defense doesn't have much from the Marino era, but uh, a lot of good players on there. From I think from my perspective, players I've enjoyed seeing over the best part of forty years that I've been a fan, and. Uh, 
you, you know, I'm I'm quite happy with that. The mix of players I've got there, and I think you know, as a as a fantasy defense, they they would all work well together. So yeah, more than happy. So if you could just recap your defense for the listeners once again, just so they can hear the whole okay. defense and rules. So it's defensive line is Jason Tyler at end, Tim Bowens, Christian Wilkins at tackle, Cameron Wake at the other defensive end. Then my linebackers are Junior Sow, uh, Zach Thomas in the middle, Jalen Phillips on the other outside. Uh, my cornerbacks are Xavier Howard, Patrick Sertain, and my safety is Glenn Blackwood and Javon Holland. Okay, and before I announce my two safeties, I'll just recap my defence. So I've gone for a Jason Taylor, Cam Wake, and Bob Bownhauer as my defensive line. My four linebackers are Zach Thomas, Kimbo Camper, Jerry Porter, and Rashad Jones. My two cornerbacks are Sam Madison and Xavier Howard. And then my two safeties, both played in the in the 72 team. I've gone first of all, a two-time Super Bowl champion, 1972 team, Super Bowl MVP. I've gone for Jake Scott as my yeah. first um, first safety. And then my second one is also played from 1968 to 1977. I've gone for Dick Anderson. He was a 1973 interceptions leader, had 34 career interceptions with that as well. And also he was part of that 1972 Dolphins team. Now, the sexy part of the episode, we're going to head to the offence. Now, we may as well get out of the way. I mean... Quarterback, I mean, the most obvious choice out of all of them, Dan the man, Dan Marino. Um, I mean, I can only assume he's your quarterback as well. I've actually gone for Dante Culpepper. <laughs> no, I haven't. I haven't. I, did, I, did, I, I managed to say that with a straight face, but I haven't gone for Dante <laughs> Culpepper or, or any of the other ones. Uh, yeah, you've got one standout in the 40 years I've been a fan, and that's Dan Marino. The reason that I started following the Dolphins, and the, the guy is tremendous. I mean, he's he's Hall of Famer. He's been lauded by loads of people who know more about the game than me, coaches and players. Uh, a lot of Hall of Fame quarterbacks have come out and said that he's the best passer that they've ever seen. Uh, and that's from people like Peyton Manning and, and, and so on. So, you know, they know what they're talking about. Uh, the guy was just absolutely tremendous. And the, the, the strength of his arm and the speed of his release was the, was the key. The accurate as well. But there's, his release, he would just look down the field so quickly and just let the ball go. And, and even now, if you watch modern quarterbacks and against Phil Marino, he seems to be even faster. His release is just so, so quick. And he just puts it out there so fast and so accurate that, you know, that we'll, we'll never see the like of that again, I don't think. He's just, just a tremendous player. For me, the best quarterback out there. I don't, you know, they talk about Tom Brady and all the rings and other contenders as well. But for me... There's been no one like like Marino. He's the he's the best ever for me. So he's got to be in my Dolphins team. Yeah, absolutely. I think that um, we actually, if you haven't heard yet on our podcast, we had OJ McDuffie on last episode, and he did talk about the throws he's making in practice, let alone on the field, and how some of them are better on the practice field. And you know, he's by far the best quarterback never to win a Super Bowl. I think there's not even one anyone close to Dan Marino when it comes to those that haven't won the ring. And I just want to bring a stat with you, Andy, that really shows just how good he was. First of all, shows how bad the other quarterbacks have been. The fact that Tannehill has the third most passing yards in franchise history and two have got the fifth and he's only been here three years and Chad Henney sixth. Um, but that uh, second best stat-wise is, is Bob Greasy. And in terms of Marino compared to Greasy, and bear in mind Greasy's got his number retired as well. So... 
Dan Marino has 55 more wins than Bob Greasy, has 3,600 more pass, more passing yards, and 328 more touchdowns. And our second best quarterback in our history, who's got his number retired as well as Dan yeah, Marino. Yeah. Um, I'll, I'll, I'll come in there for that and I'll defend Bob Greasy to a point. Because <laughs> obviously, Bob was in a slightly different era where passing was done, but not to the extent that when, when Marino played, not to the extent of now. And also, Bob had the luxury of handing off to several decent running backs. You have, you know, Larry, when you've got Larry Zonka in the backfield. Uh, Jim Kickman, your Morris, you don't really need to pass that often, um, and it's it's you know it's it's down to the offense you've got. They were they were under Greasy, they they were an ill moral. Of course, they came in during the unbeaten season. They they were a running team first, so that the the pass was was less. And under Marino, we never had a decent running back, not 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 you know an elite running back. So we were going to be a passing team, and, and teams knew that we were going to be a passing team. And that's one of the things with Marino as well. Teams knew they, they, they were expecting the pass. They were expecting lots of passes to be thrown so they could they could adjust to that. And he still went out there and got the stats that he did. You know, they they, they prepared for the pass, but he still took them apart most of the time, you know. So, yeah, yeah just a great player. Just a great player. Yeah, I think it's, I think it's um, you know, finished his career with 61,361 yards, 420 touchdowns, 147 to 93 records. And yeah, he's obviously a, a Hall of Famer. So he is an easy choice at the quarterback position. Um, yeah, also, if I can, if I can just come in again, there's something else. If, if he was, if he could have played under the modern rules mm, of quarterback, to play yeah. the protection they have, his stats would have been through the roof. They, they'd have been, you know, just astronomical. No one would have touched him. Yeah. Oh, absolutely. I think that um, the way the game's gone as well, such more pass heavy league. And I think he would, ex- re- I think he would excel so much in today's game. If you, yeah. If you put if you put him in some sort of vortex, which put him into the, to the modern day game and had him in his prime, I think that he would by far be the best callback in the league. And I think as well that you know he would you know he would be able to compete with his callbacks and stuff like that. But I think as well he is just someone that you know I think he would. I think I think I think I said oh I can, but basically he is someone that I think is really just. That good, I think he could play in any era, and it, it speaks volumes that his stat lasted for so long. His his records he broke and all that over so was so long there. It just shows how good he was. Um, speaking of protection, we may as well get the the sort of the less glamorous part of the of the offense out of the way. The yeah, well, as as a as a as a former offensive lineman in British football myself, and an offensive line coach fairly recently, um, my offensive line, um. Starting with a player that played with, with Dan Marino and somebody who I think is deserving of the Hall of Fame uh, at left tackle, that's Richmond Webb. Just a, just a fantastic player. I mean, you know, your, your left tackle is so important to protect your quarterback's blind side, if your quarterback's right-handed, of course. Um, but uh, just a phenomenal player. You know, just just great in that position. I mean, one of the all-time best. I mean, I would, I would say, again, an old-timer you probably may have heard of, but wouldn't have seen, not a Dolphins player, but I, I consider Anthony Munoz of the Cincinnati Bengals the best left tackle mm-hmm. that I've ever seen. But after him, there's a bit of a fall off and I'd have Richmond Webb in, in the in the chasing pack after after him. He's that good. And, and I say, I think he's deserving of the Hall of Fame and there's a lot of support coming for him now. So in the next few years, you might see him getting, hopefully he'll get in quicker than Zach did uh, once, the, once the ball starts rolling. But uh, 
yeah, he's in there. If I want me to move on, um, at left guard, somebody who can just creep in because of the, the, the length of his career, really long career. Bob Kuchenberg at left guard, who goes back to the, the unbeaten season um, and had his last season in 83. Uh, so he just creeps into to my time as a fan. <laughs> uh, and, and somebody else, he's passed away now, Bob, and, and was, was quite bitter about his, his not getting in the Hall of Fame uh, and the fact that not many of the, the unbeaten team have, have got in. You know, relatively few of them have. But a great player. I think he played 13 or 14 seasons for the Dolphins. And, and just, just you know, he was a, a no-brainer straight in. Um, at centre... Uh, I, I would be fairly confident in saying all Dolphin fans who were looking at the Dolphins all time, apart from one fan who was on the Finns Nation, of course, would pick the same guy at centre. Uh, Mr. Lydon would pick uh, his favourite player, of course, <laughs> Mr. Pansy, who, who I keep telling him isn't even the best centre in his own family. Uh, <laughs> but, but uh, you know, <laughs> his brother who played for Pittsburgh was, was, was infinitely better, uh, but it just winds him up, which is, of course, the, that, that's the name of the game with Martin, of course. It's all done in, yeah. in, in, in jest. <laughs> Hello, Mr. Lydon. Hope you're well. Um, but my choice is Dwight Stevenson, Hall of Famer. Um, just... Again, someone who is considered to be one of the best, if not the best, centres of all time for any team. Uh, and just a great player. Um, was uh, had, he, had his career shortened by the uh, the New York Jets' infamous defensive line, who uh, gave him a few, uh, I wouldn't say cheap shots, but a few uh, nasty little hits and uh, injuries t- t- took their toll. But... At, the, at his peak, just a great player, just 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 brilliant. Um, so yeah, he was he was straight on on the list. Uh, at right guard, I've done a bit of a cheat and moved somebody over because I wanted to get Bob Kuchenberg in on the left. So I've moved a guy who played at, at left guard over to the right, um, which you can do in these things. And linemen are usually fairly Absolutely. fairly Absolutely. fairly you know uh, adaptable. So I've put Keith Sims on the other side. It was a Dolphin stalwart for many years and, uh, you know, great guy on the line. Um, and uh, so as a, as a former guard myself in, in a much lower standard of football, um, yeah, I can appreciate his, his talents. And uh, to f- complete the line, uh, again, someone who's probably not that well known, uh, but played for a few seasons and was a solid player. Um, is James Brown? No, not that James Brown. Although he probably did feel <laughs> he probably did feel good about playing for the Dolphins. But, but uh, yeah, I put James Brown there. Um, if you don't know about him, have a look at him. He's worth looking at. He's uh, he's wor- he's worthy of, of consideration and putting in this team. So that's that's my offensive line complete. Okay, well I've gone for some some players the same, some players not. So I mentioned before that, you know, I've researched on the team a lot of the old days from watching things like a football life. And you know, one thing that, you know, was, was a key part of the team that was the unbeaten team in 72 was a brilliant offensive line. So I thought, why not, with the exception of one player, have the entire offensive line from that 72 team? So I've gone for Norm Evans, right tackle, Larry Little, right guard, Jim Langer, centre, Bob Cushenberg, left guard, that I could have not put from Webb in this team. So, yeah, Webb, looking at a stat, seven straight uh, Pro Bowl appearances. Uh, he was also a big part of Marino's blind side as well, which helped him become the player that is so easily being our callback choice in this list. 
uh, Bob Kuschenberg, six-time Pro Bowler, eight-time Hall of Fame finalist, uh, and Jim Langer was part of the, two, the team that won back-to-back Super Bowls. He was in the 1970s All-Decade team at, at centre position. And then Larry Little, um, Hall of Fame in 1993 selection, All-Pro from 71 to 75. And then Norm Evans was part of that offensive line, so he's in my team as well. Um, now, for my team, I mentioned I've got one running back rather than two or three because, really, it's a theme of my time as a Dolphins fan. There's been no yeah. real running backs except J.H.I. In my, in my lifetime, we've had some terrible running backs. I've got one, um, and I think, for me, even though he was a fullback rather than running back, I think he could have easily played running back. And also, he has the most rushing yards in team history anyway, with 6,737. Um, a guy I've mentioned before, five-time pro bowler, two-time Super Bowl champion, of course, no other than Larry Zonka. I think that the name speaks for himself. I think the one guy that run, runs up close is Ricky Williams, and I could have put him in because when well, I mentioned in the episodes before that I got into Dolphins through play Madden, it was through using Morning Brown and Ricky Williams. I really could have included him, but I can't not put Larry Zonka in. And when you see who I've got in wide receiver position, you can't really argue against um, there being just one running back and that running back being Larry Zonka. Now, Andy, are you the same as me or have you gone a different route to your running back? You got two, um, two running backs. Well, you, funny enough, you've 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 mentioned because I've gone old school. So when I first started watching, you, most teams had a, a, a pair of running backs, two wide receivers, and and there's a reason why I've done that. Not because I think my two selections are really good and complement each other, but they're for other tactical reasons as well. And you mentioned both of them. I've gone for Ricky Williams and Ronnie Brown as a pair. Nice. Yeah. Uh, yeah. And the reason I've done that is Ricky was a great player. We all know he's had he had his problems and he had his issues, but when his when his mindset was right and he was he was you know in the right place, he he was a great player. Um, and Ronnie Brown again, great running back, but of course with him in the team, I'd have the option of playing the Wildcat, um, which you know was was a was was you know innovative when it came out, and for a little while no one could work it out. And uh, I, I'd certainly remember seeing us carve the Patriots apart. With the Wildcat, which was one of my favourite games that that I've ever seen, probably along alongside with the '85 Bears game, uh, of course, when we stopped the Bears being undefeated that season. But that 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 Wildcat game is is up there with it. So, yeah, that pairing, Ricky and Ronnie, that I'd be very happy with that. That's actually a nice little segue. I actually want to ask you as a, as a off the off the piste um, question, but. What would you say is your favourite ever Dolphins game been? You, you mentioned you've been, you've been a fan since the 80s. Dan Marino got you into yeah. the uh, league. You mentioned that Bears game. You mentioned the Patriots win the second ago. But what would you say has been your all-time favourite Dolphins game? If you have just one to pick from, what would it be? Yeah, I would probably go for that 80. Because we've not got uh, a winning Super Bowl. And the Super Bowl we played in, we were totally outplayed and outcoached by the 49ers and Bill Walsh. So I've, I've got to look at other games. And I think just for the... The actual results that, that that happened that season, and for the the effect it had uh, on on the league, and the, the the thing it did for the team, that eighty five Bears game is the thing because that that Bears team was a mean team under Mike Ditka, um, that and Buddy Ryan's forty six defense, which was very innovative, and they were beating everybody, uh, and of course Miami are still the only undefeated team, and uh, Dan Marino and the Dolphins managed to to beat the Bears quite convincingly uh, in that game. And, and it, it, for once, everything seemed to click. I remember one time, Marino threw a pass and it hit the helmet of a player, went up in the air and was caught by a Dolphins player. And you think, it's our night when that sort of thing happens. 
But, you know, overall, they played really well against a really tough Bears team and uh, won quite comfortably in the end. And that was enjoyable to watch. Again, it was only on highlights as it was Channel 4, 1985. Mm. But uh, thoroughly looked at that. And I've seen longer footage on the net since. And it's a really enjoyable one. But that, yeah, the Patriots won the Wildcat game is another one that that, that stands out for me. Uh, there have been a few games over, over the years that I've enjoyed. And there's been ones where I've, you know, wanted to hide behind the sofa and come my eyes and not, not watch as well. And there's been far more of those than there have over the good ones. But I, I get the feeling the good times are coming back. Mm, you know, I if, agree. If, if the places that if 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 tour can stay if tour can stay fit um, and perform like he did last season in the games that he played before he had all the unfortunate concussions and the other issues, I really think that that we we've got the potential to go places. So yeah, let's let's hope the good times are coming back. Yeah, I, I can agree more. Yeah, it's just the thing. I mean, I have been one of the biggest back and forth on the fence people with tour. But I think you can't argue that, you know, when he's been on the field, when he's been healthy, you know, you can look at the Packers game, but the Packers game, he was absolutely balling out before that concussion he got. And you all saw how the performances dropped since then. I think it was three interceptions. Or, it was a bad day in the round. But um, I think what we can see is that if we can protect him well enough, which I think is a big if, because I think there's a lot of question marks. Eichenberg, yeah. Jackson, Robert Handel, there's a lot of question marks in that position. But I think if you can do that, I think with Daniel, I think he'll learn from his rookie year. And I think that if he can just use the run game more and not completely rely on just Waddle and Hill, I think that we absolutely are a team that should be well, it's, in the dark horse for the uh, upcoming season. Yeah, you, you, you've alluded to it. We, we, we are you know close now to being contenders. And that's with... A relatively weak offensive line. Um, it, it, we've got one or two pieces there that have been bought in, but I mean, even Armstead, who's a hell of a player, mm. you can't rely on him for sixteen games. No, he, he's very, very injury prone, um, and and so you know that there's a lot of place up for grabs. I, I have my concerns about Eichenberg. I think he possibly with a bit better coaching, because our O-line coaches haven't been great over the last few years. With, with decent coaching, he might might make a player. I don't see Austin Jackson making a player at all. Uh, and and the other thing is, the guy gives away so many penalties that kill mm. so many drives. He's, he's a liability. And, and that, that's a shame to have to say that about any player. So, I, I, you know, I think if... if when when push comes to shove, he, he'll be gone when it's economically viable to do so. Hunt, I'll disagree on. I think Hunt's got the making of a really good player at mm. guard. I don't want him playing tackle, but he's a great player to play at guard. He's big, he's bulky, he's a good run blocker. He's got that nasty attitude which you need for a guard. And I, I think that he will he will probably be a decent player for us going forward for the next few years. I'm certainly hoping he will. So uh, we'll we'll see how we go on that one. But yeah, the offensive line. You never know. We might we might find somebody decent in the lower rounds of the drafts. There's still options to trade for people as well. It's always nice to get a couple of veterans in because that's the offensive line. You know, you've got veteran players who can come in. Then uh, they, they will bring the younger players out of the shells and teach them the, the dark arts of the offensive line. So we'll see what happens. But that's the real area now we need to improve on. We all know that as fans. And, you know, I think Coach McDaniel and I think Greer will, will, will be addressing that sooner rather than later. Yeah, I agree. And I think Robert Hand, I think he's got potential, but I do think there's most games he gives where he's one penalty. But I think I can Austin Jackson gives away four to his one. Oh, <laughs> he, he, is, yeah. he is a big bag of shit. I think he's one of the worst players I've seen in that position. I think Jesse Davis is the one that maybe beats him. But if yeah. you're looking at worst Dolphins teams, 
by far Jackson and Jesse Davis are the first two names on his list. Awful, awful well, players. Eichenberg hasn't shown enough. Well, I'd, I'd, have, I'd probably have Deion Jordan and, uh, oh, Will, and, Will, and, and, and Will Fuller on the on the list ahead of all of those. <laughs> oh, God, Will Fuller. I, I liked him so much. But he absolutely yeah, it shoot. was on paper a great signing and never got on the field. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Oh, uh, incredible. Diabolical. Going, going, back to the, um, going back to the Bears game, also the, the one team they did lose to, and obviously the the end of the AFC Championship game losing to the Patriots. Do you think if we could have won that game, we could have won? We could have beaten the Bears in that eighty-five game. Oh, that's that's a, that's a hypothetical I've had with a few old-school Dolphins fans and thought about it myself. We'd beaten them once, and we'd beat them quite easily. And I, I think the one thing they didn't like is someone who would come out and throw the ball quickly at them like Dan Marino. It proved that in the in the game they played against the Dolphins in the regular season. And it's a great what if. I, I think if we had got past the Patriots, there's an argument saying we should have got past the Patriots, you know, really. If we'd have got past the Patriots and played the Bears, I, I yeah, I think we'd have had a great chance of winning. I think we'd have taken them. But uh, it's, yeah. you know, it's, it's what would have been and, and wasn't. So there you go. Yeah, if that's and maybes. Um, so my three wide receivers, um, I think these three sort of speak names themselves. I think Hill and Waddle, again, they're players I love, but they haven't been here long enough. But I think Waddle, especially for age-wise, I think he'll be on this list eventually. But I've gone for Mark Duper, Mark Clayton, Nat Moore. Um, Mark Duper, um, most yards in team history, 8,869. Third most touchdowns, 59. Mark Clayton, Second most yards in franchise history, 8,643. And the most touchdowns in franchise history, 81. And that more, third most yards in team history, and second most touchdowns, 74. So, I mean, really speaks to itself, these three uh, wide receivers. I mean, there's really not much more you can say. I mean, these yeah. are all big components of, you know, of the um, Dan Marino era as well. But, of course, for you, Andy, you've only got two wide receivers in your team. So, who's yeah. in and who's out? Well, I've got Mark Clayton in. Um, of, of the two Marks brothers, Mark Clayton was 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 slightly better for me, um, and, and I think the stats back that up and things like Pro Bowl selections, etc. Uh, but I I thought he was the more slightly more dynamic of the two. But there's there's a, certainly a case for putting them both in, and the other wide receiver probably is more due to the fact that it's potential because he hasn't been with us long because he's he's with us at the moment, but just to the fact that the guy is one of the top three in the league in my opinion and for what he's capable of and what he's going to bring to the team Tyreek Hill had to go in for me mm-hmm. um, you know I've watched the team for 40 years but from wide, wide receiver perspective he's the guy that's excited me more than anybody and that that's the reason he's in he's a threat all the time you know, you, you, the defence relaxes for a moment, he's got the ball he's got 50-60 yards he's gone Um and there was a there was a case to have Waddle as well. Waddle is that good that I, I actually considered having the, the pair of them in. But I, I think given the team history and the things they did on the on the field and the entertainment value they gave me at the start of my Dolphins following, if I can use that word, um, Clayton went in as well. So Clayton and Tyreek Hill, um, and uh, sort of add add to that and add to the receiving game is why I've selected my tight end. I normally like a tight end who is multi-purpose, who can block, who can catch, who can you know do everything, uh, which will probably give, give tip it off who I'm going to go for. Uh, I'm I'm going for the guy who's just left, Mike Gazicki, who is, to all intents and purposes, a slot receiver lining up as a tight end, 
he's not a tight end. He is a slot receiver. Uh, and I think you may see him playing that with his new team going forward. Um, but the guy, give him the ball, throw the ball up there, tall, rangy, good catch radius. He would catch it. We didn't utilise him last season anywhere near as much as we should have, uh, which is probably one of the reasons why he's gone. Um, but, uh, I just hope we don't have a situation where a player goes and becomes a star elsewhere, which we've had before. Where's Wes Welker being one that I remember very well? Um, but yeah, so I could have picked a few players at tight end, but but just for the, the, the team setup I've got, I need an extra decent pair of hands like a wide receiver and so when that when you've got that in front of you the only choice you've got is Gaziki. Yeah, I mean this will come to a shock to no one that I've also got Gaziki. Um, I think the other guy that I considered was Randy Michael. Um more yards and more more touchdowns but at the same time for a guy that I'd I've loved more than anyone else in the team, um, you know, I think I had to put him in it somewhere. For me, I think that not only his, his infectious personality, but also I think in terms of, you're right, I think blocking-wise, we all know that wasn't his strong point. I think that it's it's a shame for me because I think we could have really used him as a third receiver because really, who yeah. well, are we use Trent Sherfield now and again? We use Craycraft now and again. You know, Cedric Wilson did pretty much nothing apart from maybe one great kick return or punt return towards the end of the season. But I think that Really, I think you could even you could even have kept you know, kept um, Byron Smythe as a blocking tight end, and you could have Mike Zicky as that slot receiver. So many times we see him in the um, in the red zone make these great plays. Baltimore Ravens last year, great catch, kick started to come back in that game last season. The game we went to in Finster Nation UK fan weekend in Miami, he caught two touchdowns in the red zone, and I think that. When you've got a team that's so heavy dependent on two receivers in Hill and Waddle, like a coverage point of view, if you've got a third guy that no one's covering as much, who's got great hands like Gaziki, I think that we we may well get someone. We may well get someone like a Donald Washington, maybe get a tight end like that in the offseason, in the draft. But otherwise, you know, look at we got Kerry Durham Smythe, who isn't really, I don't think he's the answer long term. I, I do think that. We may miss him in those areas because I think that was a real key part last year. And I think that I still think we could have used him, even though he wasn't a great blocking. I still think we could have used him a lot more. That so it's a shame. It's a shame, but sadly he wasn't a scheme fit, and I think that is a shame to see him go. But yeah, I've got Gazikian here. I think there's not really been many great tight ends that I can think of. You know, before no. before came in, there wasn't really anyone I can think of that was any of any use. So yeah, for me. Um, that is, yeah, that's really how it ends. That is our offense complete. Before we head on to um, kicker, punter, and return men and head coach, which is an obvious one for everyone. Um, just recap, so I'll recap my offense. So I've gone for a Dan Marino, Larry Zonka, Mark Duper, Mark Clayton, Nat Moore offense with Mike Gasicki is my tight end, and my offensive line, Richmond Webb. Bob Kuschenberg, Jim Langer, Larry Little, and Norm Evans. And if you can just remind everyone, Andy, for your offense, start to finish. Yeah, well, I've got uh, Dan Marino. I've got Ronnie Brown, Ricky Williams at running back. I've got Mark Clayton, Tyreek Hill at wide receiver. Uh, Mike Gazicki, tight end. And then my linemen are Richmond Webb at left tackle, Bob Kuschenberg, left guard. The great Dwight Stevenson at center. Uh, Keith Sims at right guard and James Brown at right tackle. Fantastic. So now heading on to um, kicker, punter, and punt slash kick returner. Now I may mention it just now because we just mentioned his name. 
return then, I've gone for Wes Welker. Um, well known more for his time with the uh, Patriots and Broncos, but as the Dolphins, he has in team history the most uh, punt return yards in 1,330 and the most yards for return um, in 3,756 as well. So for me, Jakeem Grant was one I thought about because he's someone of my era. Um, but I think for me, Wes Welker, for all he's done as well since leaving in the kind of players on paper, I think for me, I've gone for Wes Welker as my return man. Um, Andy, who have you gone for your, your return man? Well, I've gone for a guy who is considered as probably one of the worst draft picks we ever made. Okay. Um, the that were around at the time, but who ended up having a long NFL career and was a return specialist, and that's Ted Ginn Jr. Ah, oh, Ted Ginn, of course. Yes, he was. He was yeah, a great I mean, yeah, the, I mean, the guy returned quite you know, some quite a few kicks for us over you know big distance, and there was a, certainly some scoring returns, and he did the same around other teams. But uh, yeah, I mean, when we drafted him, there were uh, there were quarterbacks, highly talented quarterbacks on the draft board that we could have gone for, and you know the uh, the the I remember the the. The, the summarizers at the draft were looking incredulous when the name Ted Ginn was announced and never really did the business for us too much. But again, ended up having a long NFL career, played for a lot of teams, returned a lot of kicks, scored lots of touchdowns. So he's my, he's my kick returner and I'm quite happy with that. Okay. Um, now, heading on to Hunter. So, Andy, who is your Hunter? One choice. One choice in Dolphins history for punter, Reggie Roby. Okay. Yeah. There's no. There's yeah. That it's Reggie Roby and everybody else as far as Dolphins punters are concerned. Okay. Interesting. Interesting. I've gone for a different player again. I'm fully aware it's before my time, so you've probably got the more of a valid point. But I went for as my punter. I went for Larry Semple. Um, second most punt yards in team history. Um, and someone I looked up as well. Um, and yeah, I think that. For me, that's what I went for. But yeah, again, it's it's not a position I really, you know, that gets much coverage. And I look at purely um, all the stats and all that. So yeah, I've gone for that's my punter. Um, now your kicker. Uh, who have you gone for your kicker? I ummed and ahed about this. And if I was picking on later career form, probably wouldn't get in. But if I was playing on earlier career form and form that I'd like to see return to, which probably gives it away now. Oh, Jason yeah. Sanders, a, player, a, player, a Jekyll and Hyde player, if I can use that phrase. When he started for the first couple of seasons, brilliant. Got a nice big contract for a kicker. And there's then been, if I'm charitable, mediocre since, shall we say? Yeah. I mean, last season was, was quite bad. And I know, Robbie, if you're listening to this podcast, we... I know you hate any sort of slander about Jason Sanders, but you can't deny that last season he was pretty horrid for most of it. Although I will say, after all this bad season he had, he did kick the kick that got us into the playoffs for the first time since 2016. So give him credit where that's due, but I think overall he was pretty, pretty stinky last season. Yeah. Yeah, uh, I mean, it's it'd be nice to think he could return to the form he had before because he, he was excellent. You know, he he was absolutely excellent, but his form's tail. You, you hate to think that the big contract is the factor, but it does, does seem that as soon as he got the pay, mm. 
then uh, it, it all went uh, pear-shaped, which is a bit of a shame. But hopefully he's going to come back. Let's be positive. Let, let's hope that he sees the team being built around him. He's going to go places. And he wants a part of that, and you know, part of the success that we're going to get, hopefully. So he, hopefully he knuckles down and gets back to his old form. Yeah, I, I hope because I think that we see a lot of time in big games. You can be, you have a great, you have a great quarterbacks, great defenses, great coaching, but a lot of games come down to the kick. You saw Super Bowl last season came down to the winning kick. Every chance of the game, same thing. So I think that if you if you want to win titles, you need a good kicker because a lot of big games go down to those moments. So hopefully he can um, repay the faith in twenty twenty three. I've gone for a bit of an older choice. Um, so I've gone for a guy who has the second best extra points made percentage, 98.4 in team history. He has the most field goals in between 0 and 19 yards. He has the most uh, field goals between 20 and 29, 13, 39 yards, 14, 49 yards, as well as the second most with 50 or more yards. I've gone for Orlando Maine. I think that 80.9% field goal percentage as well. Um, he leads pretty much every stat when it comes to fit with kickers in Dolphins history. Um, and yeah, Sanders, I'd love to put him in, but I think you can't deny this. That's, even though it is Sanders that leads the stats when it comes to most 50-plus field goals made. But I think a lot of times it's down to, you know, if yeah, if back in the Marina days or before that, we would need to be kicking from that far out because we'd be much further down the field. But yeah, I think that is a tough choice. But I think at the end of the day, what do people care about? The quarterbacks and the wide receivers in this list. So, yeah, hopefully they aren't too bad. But finally, our head coach. Now, um, I did think about adding Gase long and hard. Uh, yeah, but... you got that off me. You nicked my joke there. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah, I mean, if, if again, look, going back to worst teams, I mean, certainly in my lifetime, I think Joe Philbin, I mean, I've only really had, since watching him properly, only really four head coaches in... Um, Joe Philbin, Adam Gase, uh, Flores, who is still my favourite coach since being a fan, and then McDaniel. But uh, for me, he is by far the worst. I think that he's one of the worst coaches in NFL history. Look at his time with the Jets as well. And also, he's just a really toxic human being. I really, if he wants to be our guest on the podcast, I don't really want him on. (laughs) Um, Only really one man really has to be the great Don Shula. Rest in peace. Um, I mean, a man who brought us two Super Bowls, four Super Bowl appearances, three in a row in that 70s era. Um, I mean, you obviously would have been around for when he was actually coaching the team. So, yeah, yeah what a great man and what a great coach this guy was. Yeah, uh, I mean, you said about the number of coaches you've seen in the time you've been a Dolphins fan. I haven't seen many more than you because of the tenure of Don Shula. Mm. Oh, yeah. was for a long time so so I've not seen many more obviously I, I've, I've seen people like Jimmy Johnson come in and, mm. and Tony Sperano that you may not have seen but I've seen all the other ones I've seen the, the infamous guys who I said you know I, 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 I told you the joke about when we chatted on, on Messenger prior to doing this um, and, and, and Joe Philbin I feel sorry for um, I think Joe Philbin is a good positional coach but he's not a head coach mm. uh, I believe he's still working in the league um, he, he's 
he's particularly good with the offensive line, which we probably might need him now. Uh, you could argue, but uh, yeah, and a, and a thoroughly nice man by all accounts, but not head coaching material. And uh, he, he wasn't a success for the Dolphins, but you know, yeah, again, if we were picking a worst worst Dolphins team and a worst Dolphins coach, you couldn't look past Adam Gase. That was an atrocious time when we had him there. It was a terrible time to be a fan. It was painful watching the games, and uh, you know, he did, as you say show his metal or or not as by going to the Jets and being just as bad if not worse. But what yeah, Don Don Shula, what can you what can you say about the guy? I mean, you know, uh just just phenomenal. Just just absolutely phenomenal. And you know, Belichick's holding on and trying to beat his record. Um but I, I don't know how many more seasons Belichick will have coached than Shula if he does beat him. Um but uh I've got my feelings on on Belichick, and a lot of people think he's the, you know the 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 best ever. I, I think Belichick record is, is tarnished. That's maybe an argument for another day. Mm, um, yeah, but, but I, I don't <laughs> I don't think uh, I don't think Belichick can hold a hold a candle to Don Shula, in my opinion. And it is all about my opinion at the end of the day. I'm sure I'm biased, but but for me, Don Shula, fantastic man, awesome coach, and yeah, he's my pick as well. Yeah, I'm sure if fellow Finstate UK member Phil Kuding was on the podcast, he could speak to you a lot about um, his views on Bill Belichick. And I think there's a lot of the fan base, you know, I know Mark Shirley's set off the same thought process. But for, for me personally, I, 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 of course, I'm someone who didn't wasn't alive for the shooter era. But at the same time, I do believe that Bill Belichick, I think, is is in that conversation. But looking at the um, the wins, he is so Don Tudor leads away. Um, second, the great George Hallis with so Don Tudor has three hundred and twenty eight wins from four hundred and ninety games, whereas Belichick, George yeah. George Hallis, I should say, has three hundred and eighteen wins from four hundred and ninety seven games, so more games, less wins. And then yeah. third, Belichick. This is the interesting one. Um, so in twenty eight years, he's had two hundred and ninety eight wins. From 450 games, so he's 40 games behind and 30 wins behind, and I think that unless things change, unless he's got something up his sleeve and he gets the Mar Jackson, this this team will not win more than I don't think seven or eight win games. No, I next. think he, I think he's come unstuck. I think I think he regrets yeah. letting Brady go when he did, um, and and I, I think he's come unstuck. Oh, oh what a shame! Yeah, oh, never mind. Yeah, I'm I'm absolutely heartbroken. You know, because <laughs> the the. the Patriots fan base are just such lovely people, most of them, you know. So, yeah, yeah. They've, they've had their... But again, the league's designed to have success for a team come mm. and go. It's cyclical. It's supposed to be, you know, there's supposed to be a level playing field, but well, there never is. But th- things come and go. Teams, teams yeah, yeah. rise to the top, sink to the bottom. The Patriots have had their time at the top. They're now sinking towards the bottom. Um, it's it's time for other teams to rise up. And, and hopefully the way things are looking and shaping up, there's a very good chance it, it'll be us and, and I'll, I shall thoroughly enjoy it if it happens. Yeah, and to me, this is why, if someone asked me why I love the NFL, I think one of the things I will say is is that exact thing about parity and I think it's the one sport where you get rewarded for being a loyal fan to a bad team and you get punished for being a glory hunter because you mentioned before about the Channel 4 days, but loads of fans would have been drawn to Washington in the, in the yeah. 70s and 80s. Yeah. They've had they've had no success since that 80s era, really. And it's been, you know, and if you're a fan of that era like you are, Channel 4 era, and you follow the team because the, they were playing well and the Redskins, as they were back then, um, you've been punished because now they're, they're not doing very well. And you look at 
I mean, we're probably the same probably same victim of that with some Dolphins fans. If you choose because Dan Marino for years and years, mediocrity. And, you know, Patriots fans who chose the Patriots because of Brady, they're now going to, I think, next 10, 15 years have the same sort of thing that the Washington fans had a lot of years of, um, of negativity. But on the other hand, Bengals fans, years and years of bad play, they're now being rewarded. But if you're a Lions fan or, or a Jets fan or if you're a fan of the or Browns fan, there's no that's sort of they're like the Venn diagram. They, they don't get either. If I, yeah. no one's yeah, but I get but again, I mean, I, yeah, I, I agree to you with, with you to a point. But I, don't you think without this becoming an NFL chat rather than a Dolphins chat, yeah. don't you think that the that, that the Lions showing the potential to finally yeah. move somewhere mm. and with an ex Dolphins coach yeah. and player their head coach? And if you yeah. watch, if you ever watch hard, I'm sure you watch mm. Hard Knocks when you can. Uh, I've watched I've watched all the series of Hard Knocks, and I have to say the Lions one is probably my favourite mm. of all of them. And most of that's down to Dan Campbell and his staff. Oh, uh, I think the only the only one for me that pushed it close was the Rams one, but the Rams one's comedic value. There's so much going on there with Jared Goff not knowing where the sun rose, and the, the guy <laughs> who, thinks, who, who doesn't think dinosaurs exist but mermaids do. If you haven't watched the Rams one, do. Oh, and you get Eric Cush on there as well, who is hilarious and so camp. It's untrue. So if you want fun, watch the watch the Rams one. But for for, for just what the, what the Hard Knocks is supposed to be, showing you the team and showing what a team is like and and how a team that's been down for so long he's trying to get up there and he's showing signs of doing stuff. Watch the Lions on with Dan Campbell. Think think the guy and his staff are, are brilliant and I, I wish them every success except against the Dolphins. Yeah, I agree. And I think that it speaks volumes the fact that every year in Hard Knocks they have these intros where players are on the intro. It's the one year I can think of where the actual head coach is on the intro in Dan Campbell. He yeah. he established he would start the show. I think that um, Manny, was it Manny Fernando or Manny, Malcolm, Malcolm Rodriguez? He was quite Malcolm funny. Rodriguez, well. yeah, he's on yeah, there, he, yeah. He, he, he was, was on coming through, yeah, yeah. Uh, I think you know, Dan Campbell, he was the guy that everyone, that's why everyone watched every week. He was the reason why everyone stuck with it. Um, yeah. And I think for me, uh, he is someone that I think a lot of people, especially AFC fans, looking for an NFC team to support if it gets to the playoffs and they're in it. I think people will choose a line because there's so many years of, of mediocrity, but I think that. He's just so likeable, and I think that I really hope this year that they can do something because I think it's a, it's a team that yeah, and a fan base that have really deserved to have stuck through their team through. I say absolutely, yeah, absolutely, and, and they've they they have as, as well as the Dan Campbell connection with the Dolphins. They've got other similarities with the Dolphins because they've had times where they've had great players who have done won nothing because there's been no one around them. Barry Sanders. Who you could mm. argue is probably one of the one of the best, if not the best, running back to play the game ever. Yeah. Was was at Detroit, never won anything. Calvin Johnson, Johnson. Megatron. Yeah, yeah, you know. And Matthew Stafford did the did did, did the deed, didn't he? Played at Detroit for years, never won anything, went to LA and got the Super Bowl the first year. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. So I mean, so he, he managed to, to get something out of it, but other players who were great played there and never did nothing and that's how it goes across most of the league I mean only one team gets to win the, the title every year um, so there's lots of teams without success and there's still teams who never won it but uh, you know who knows I think there's going to be most it's mostly going to be more of the same next year the usual the usual players but there's no reason there's always somebody breaks through uh, and there's there's no reason why that shouldn't be the Dolphins this year we put the Bills close last year uh, especially in that last game and if we'd have had two, or I think we'd have taken them, to be honest. 
Um, and, and I think with the additions we've got um, coming in, if we can strengthen that offensive line more, we we could be as good as anybody. And, and, and I, I think the, the, the coach we've got is very innovative, uh, you know, visionary coach. And uh, having Vic Fangio come in, I think he's going to be a masterstroke. So, yeah, I'm very, I'm very, very positive for, for for next season. We'll see how we go. Yeah, and fingers crossed that this season is the season we all hope for, and we finally do something I've not seen in my lifetime and win a playoff game. Um, but that is the end of the Fins Nation UK podcast. Huge thank you to Andy for coming on this week. That's a pleasure. Thanks for having me. No problem at all. And we will see you guys for the next one. Yeah, see you guys. Bye. And before we go, huge thanks to Wayne Collard for their podcast graphics and to Jeff Granger for the podcast music. See you guys then.